And now it's time for Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and today Pollinator Center at the corner of Milliman 12th Street. And here's your host in the 65th year for <laughs> Over the Garden Fence. It's a long time to be hanging out over the fence, Andy. Because neither one of us look like we're that old. No, no. Close, but me. The whole close. family hung out. There you go. The whole family. Andy Woodell, good morning, my friend. How good are morning. you? Hey, um, you know, we're being blessed with rain. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, two weeks ago, we had definitely uh, drought on our on our mind. So uh, we've uh, God's been blessing us with some rain and uh, maybe even some excess rain. There's uh, definitely people that have been having some basement issues already and stuff. So, but I, it's nice to see... Um, a uh, little moisture too at the same time. So, um, thank you everybody for joining us. And if you have a question or comment, please give us a call today. Um, like Jim said, we're having a pollinator party at yeah. Bell's, and uh, maybe Jim, a lot of it is education, learning that it's not just like a a fun thing, but you really are benefiting uh, the earth and. Uh, we're wondering, um, we have a special guest today that's going to um, come on the show in a while, Jim. And Oh, all right. Gary Miller, who is a native expert that is going to give us a buzz. And we can talk about natives and maybe some of the things that benefit the pollinators. So, okay. Um, Jim, they can call in or they can text also. Yeah, you want to call in 382 877-382-4280. Um, or if you're a little radio shy, but you want to get your question in, uh, text eight zero three seven three. Now, because of what happened last week, I need to do my paid political announcement here. <laughs> uh, Gary is going to call us. However, if you have a question, uh, my advice to you is get it in as soon as you possibly can. So if you have a question, don't wait until like 20 minutes before the hour. <laughs> it's okay. Because we, I mean, I understand why some people like to wait and, you know, they, they all of a sudden it pops into their head. The problem is the closer we get to the end of the show, the less chance we're going to have to get you on the air. And we want listeners' calls on the air. So. And part of this note is just about that. So yes. I just, uh, um, we couldn't thank you enough. I'll take the calls all week long, but sometimes it's nice for some of our friends on the radio to listen. Yeah. So good morning and God bless you and you and your family. And I'd love to welcome you to a special edition of Over the Garden Fence. Today, we're actually having a pollinator party at Waddell's and you are all invited. Woohoo! <laughs> come in from 10 to 3 today and come, learn, educate, and have fun and discover the importance of pollination and pollinator parties and how you can help. In a little while, we'll have our friend Gary Miller call in, and we need to uh, maybe learn some of the importance of some of our uh, plants that we pick. Before we get started, though, like Jim said, I wanted to comment on last week's show. Uh, we have very good callers last week and all called at the very end of the show. No problem. I, I like to have everybody have a chance to listen. A couple of the callers we couldn't take on the air and ran out of time. But, Jim, I thought these calls were so important just like the other people. The first caller was one of my closest friend's daughters. Corinne was having <clears throat> a raccoon problem, Jim, but unfortunately the immediate problem was at a campsite up at Interlochen, Michigan where they had actually the coons ransacked the camp looking for food and garbage, probably. She said the issue is also at her dad's garden from time to time. From campsites to gardens, use predator scents like fox and coyote urns um, made by Repellex or um, 
Messina, and we have both varieties that are at the store that are safe to use and be placed as a barrier around the property that is being damaged. Or actually to create a fence, um, you know, my little fortress that goes around, especially in the garden. We also have have a heart traps for the coons. You can actually tra trap them and dispose them out into the uh, natural environment many miles away. The second caller, Jim, was Ashley Ginny from Shelbyville. And she had called about a planting of a tamarack tree she had brought from Alaska and wanted to plant and make it survive where to plant it in her yard. As we talked, we mentioned uh, condolences for the loss of the family last year at, at Waddell's and mentioned that she had been a listener of Over the Garden Fence from its early infancy years listening to Harley. Believe it or not, Jim. Wow. Then listening to George and now listening to myself, quite possibly all 65 years. So I'm just thanking all the, of the customers and listeners and friends that tune in, including Jenny, for WKZO over the years. So pollination, hmm, why is that needed? Let's all ask our orchards, uh, our orchard growers or our vegetable growers, how important it is for pollination. As honeybees gather pollen and nectar for their survival, they pollinate such crops as apples, cranberry, melon, and broccoli. Some crops, including blueberries and cherries, which I didn't know, Jim, are 90% dependent on honeybee pollination. One crop, almonds, which obviously are not from Michigan, but from the U.S., um, they depend 100% entirely on honeybees for pollination. Each year, as American farmers and growers continue to feed more people using less land, it's actually estimated there is 2.7 million bee colonies in the U.S., Today, two-thirds of them travel the countryside pollinating crops and producing beeswax. So that is just one area of pollination. What about our butterflies, though? You've all read stories, seen articles from National Geographic to Discovery Channel on the monarch travels. More than just beautiful, monarch butterflies contribute to the health of our planet. While feeding on nectar, they actually pollinate many clouds of wildflowers. The flowers they choose are bright colored, grow in clusters, stay open during the day, and have flat surfaces where they serve as, quote-unquote, landing pads for our tiny guests. Monarchs are also important food source. Yes, Jim, it is in the chain, but they are in the chain for birds, small animals, and other insects. The vivid marking, though, believe it or not, on a monarch butterfly serves as kind of skull and crossbones. I did not know that. A warning signal, poison to the butterfly predators. Female monarchs lay their eggs on the underside of the poisonous milkweed leaves. As the caterpillar hatches, it eats its own egg, then switches to a diet of milkweed leaves. The milkweed toxins actually remain permanently in the monarch system, even after it metamorphoses into a um, butterfly. Animals that actually eat the butterfly, um, oh, I'm sorry, 
actually eat the monarch, become very sick, and therefore avoid this distinctively patterned butterfly. So I have actually learned a little myself. Doing a little research, Jim, was kind of fun. So a couple of things. How can we help here in Michigan? Hmm. I think some of those monarchs go all the way down south, Jim. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we've got to have stopping points. Mm-hmm. One prime example, and I am not complaining. It's not my property. But as we just said in two pages ago, farmers are doing more with less land. So those fence rows, the back 40 of the, the, the woods is all being torn down because they need the space to irrigate, to run the irrigators, to make more food for the world as it grows. But we're losing a lot of our territory. So maybe now is the time to think about, hmm, creating a habitat possibly for them. Um, creating cool wet soil. They like flat soil that's sometimes moist where they can garden. Uh, Our nursery manager, Sherry, uh, heard a little tidbit, Jim, where you can actually put a a wet sponge down in the perennial garden so they can land and um, uh, take moisture out of that smooth surface. How about plan out your perennial, your vegetable, and your landscaping? Is there areas where you could use some plants? Why not then enact and plant some pollinators? Um, Sometimes perennial flowers are very nice, Jim, but they're providing some, some color like we talked about. But we need to talk about the pollinator kings that really dominate and where a lot of those bees and monarchs go. Lastly is maybe do spray programs that are timely and safe, and that way um, we're after keeping beneficials and getting rid of things that really are, are being a nuisance, like aphid and spider mite. So I just talked about the <clears throat> pollinator kings, and I will say that uh, pollinator kings, usually I've looked up, and a lot of them are trees. Hmm. They're not necessarily um, a flowers that they're drawn to linden for example or the basswood family or tilia is one of the highest producers of flower in tree form producing thousands and thousands of flowers that provide tons of nectar and food um, for the bees hawthorn red maple um So Swamp Maple, like Red Sunset, October Glory, Burgundy Bell, those would all be great varieties. Winter King and Washington would be great varieties of Hawthorne. I'm coming up to one of Jim's favorites, and that is Serviceberry or Autumn Brilliance. The Serviceberry bush. It is such a versatile plant. I am not trying to beat a dead horse. Uh, Just by chance, Jim's had great luck with it. But we have so many varieties of serviceberry now. There is a a serviceberry kind of for every spot, single stalk, multiple stalk, and dwarf varieties. And then one of my favorite spots in our yard is our orchard. So fruit trees like peach, apple, cherry, nectarine, all... um, provide great flower from early spring to late spring to provide that pollination for some of the early spring um, starving 
bees that are coming looking. How about our pollinator queens, like in the shrub family? Ninebark, privet, butterfly bush, mock orange, just to name a few. Privet, you can walk by and almost smell the fragrance um, with the uh, pollen coming off the plant. Just very aromatic. Ninebark, very nice lace cap flower and has um, uh, just a, a beauty year-round. Butterfly bush <laughs> gets its name definitely and has plenty of food for the monarchs to land on. And I just mentioned one early thing too, for sure, mock orange. You know, you're trying to get strong scented plants, things that are drawn. And uh, we also have plenty of pollinator companion plants, plenty of perennials, including butterfly weed and definitely our milkweed, which we'll talk about in a little while. So there's just maybe a few items with pollination. And uh, I just think that it's very important to talk about it. There's also a few things that I want to, before we continue on with our pollination, um, we can take a quick break, Jim, and we've had some good rain, mm -hmm. but rain brings on wet. Wet brings on, unfortunately, fungus. So mm -hmm. we just want to talk about the really quick, and a buddy called in already this morning to talk about it on, on his roses. So we want to come back with that and then continue on and get Mary, uh, Gary to... Um, talk to folks and myself here at the at the half hour all right all right we'll be right back we'll take a quick break and i i have a i this is what happens when you remember certain things <laughs> I, I i assume when you were talking about the monarch butterfly i'm going to tell you when we get back from the break i'm going to tell you a fact about butterflies that i learned in elementary school oh, nice. that i remember there you go that has to do with uh, self-preservation of Another species. So See, there we'll, you go. We'll be right back with uh, Over the Garden Fence here, 590 FM, WKZO. Celebrate National Pollinator Week today at Weddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, where you can learn from the experts about how to plant to improve your health and numbers, like adding a perennial garden. Weddell's carries 40 varieties that are especially attractive to them, with some of their favorites on sale. Butterfly bushes come in several colors and heights that are sure to attract butterflies. They're just starting to bloom. Be sure to bring the kids before 3 o'clock. There'll be a free scavenger hunt for them. And for just $4, they can make a butterfly feeder and paint a rock for fluttery friends to land on. The Callums of Bee Club will be at Waddell's with their bee exhibit today, plus an expert to show live butterflies, caterpillars, and chrysalises. The experts at Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center will help you pick out just the right plants and products to attract bees, hummingbirds, butterflies, and more to your yard this summer. Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive in the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Shop anytime at Waddell's.com. WKZO News Time is 9.23 as we're in the midst of Over the Garden Fence here on 590-1069 FM, WKZO. When we were going to break, I mentioned to Andy, something I learned in elementary school about monarchs, <laughs> there is a look-alike butterfly called the Viceroy butterfly. Looks exactly like the monarch. Doesn't eat milkweed. Nice. So it's not poisonous, but because it looks exactly like it, its preservation is maintained over the fact that a predator wouldn't know. Oh, kind and, of fakes them out. You know, kind of fakes them out. So uh, viceroy uh, butterflies are protected somewhat by the fact that they look just like a monarch butterfly. So why do you um, remember more in elementary than you did? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But I just when you were talking about the milkweed and everything else, I'm like, oh, yeah, we learned about viceroy butterflies when I was in yeah. elementary school. and it. They look the same. Sure, and, sure. Uh, well, you know... Um, they're pollinators, too. And that's uh, 
and you're still providing forage and food if you're creating yes. this perennial garden or yeah. planting a linden tree. So you're still going to get some beauty out of those uh, um, butterflies that still do some pollination for yeah. us. So that's kind of cool. So um, I want to get back to some perennials um, that we are really, we have some companion plants. By I did have a um, buddy call in this morning and, you know, rain plus moisture definitely equals fungus. Roses on black spot, powdery mildew on lilacs and beech, red thread in lawns, and tar spot on maple. And I'm not trying to give the bad news, but let's take a look. This week when you do have a break, don't be spraying when it's raining. But, you know, with spreader sticker, there is a small window that it dries on, and within three or four hours, it's already taken effect. And if it rains, you still got good results. If there's questions, if there's problems, stick it in a bag and bring it into Waddell's. What is the good? What is the bad? Give us a little more sample so we can take a look at it at the same time. Right now, a lot of that, you could definitely be using some of your coppers and some of the uh, uh, fungicides that definitely, um, and look out, maybe it's on tomato, you know, and so you just don't know. But stop in. We got a great diagnostic team that definitely could help you out. Right now, we also are battling people, not just uh, myself, but battling aphid and spider mite. Definitely a very, very strong season for, for insects. So triple action or malathion would definitely help. In question on what is uh, eating your plant, what did I say earlier, bring a sample in. We can definitely help you out. Um, there's beneficial insects and non-beneficial. And every um, everything kind of runs its course. So... You know, like aphid, in a couple weeks, yes, they'll have a new batch, but they kind of go through a cycle for sure. The um, Sometimes I did mention, too, triple action or malathion. Sometimes an insect or even powdery mildew gets smart on you. And so somebody will say, the product didn't work. Well, after two or three times, I do remember George saying, switch it up. Mm-hmm. And so that your plant or that insect will be uh, benefiting by, uh, by the sprays that you're using. Now, um, I have talked before many times about companion plants. Mm-hmm. Companion plants definitely can be that plant that's benefiting maybe something else. Cooling the roots, providing shade for those roots. Uh, one classic example everybody knows I've talked about before is the uh, evergreens that were planted in front of Clematis on the Westnage store, how they thrived and produced so many flowers because the coolness of those roots that were given by the ewes uh, that were put in front of it. Um, just a plant that just um, one one prime example. What I like on companion plants today is We've talked about our trees. We've talked about our shrubs. But, you know, you could really have a nice garden with your common butterfly weed. With the swamp milkweed, we have a variety called Cinderella right now. How about um, Jim? I've been working at a couple uh, commercial properties. The deer are so plentiful in Kalamazoo right now. <laughs> so they're eating the daylilies, the hostas, like at Tim's house, down to the nubs oh, to yeah. the point where the daylily flower is coming right out of the mulch. There's no leaves whatsoever left to the plant. But they're leaving the catmint alone. So Walker's Low is a great variety 
um, that we have been putting in in these commercial sites, and they flower really good, um, very giant green aromatic foliage, uh, gives a very nice plethora um, blue flower, lavender flower that is just uh, gives a flowering time for many, many months. I've been very impressed with the plant. Um, we also have uh, one called cat catnip, too, that is another variety. We also have Shasta Daisy, that is a very good um, accent for plant material. And uh, um, late spring flower, great white flower. There's many varieties of the Shasta Daisy. So those just maybe look at what your base plants are, and maybe some of these plants could go around it at the same time. That would be nice. Yeah. And help protect. That's right. That's right. So we are going to talk to uh, Gary Miller mm -hmm. soon about uh, pollination and uh, whatever else we can come up with. And he'll be with us in just a few moments. Let's take a quick break really quickly, and uh, we'll be back with Andy Waddell and Over the Garden Fence on 591069 FM WKZO. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center wants to congratulate Roger Taylor on 25 successful years doing a great job hosting Kalamazoo's Birdwatch radio program. Birdwatching is a relaxing, enjoyable hobby. To attract some of the most beautiful birds to your outdoor living area this summer, make sure you have bird feeders filled and a water source nearby. This week, all hummingbird feeders are 20% off. There are several types to choose from, including hand-blown glass, copper, gem, and even one designed for hand feeding. Don't forget to fill those feeders with Perky Pet Hummingbird Food Concentrate. Get an 8-ounce packet for just $1.79. Attract goldfinches with their favorite thistle seed for $1.19 a pound. Or bring the woodpeckers to your yard with nutty butter suet for just $1.09. For all your birding needs, visit Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Shop anytime at Waddell's.com. WKZO News Time is 9.30. And right on cue... We are joined by uh, Gary Miller here on Over the Garden Fence. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. Good morning. Yeah, I've actually enjoyed the rain last night, though. It could have come a little slower. <laughs> nice to get some rain finally. Yes, yes. It's uh, um, The crops can uh, really start flourishing, and I think some of those uh, lawns are starting to uh, recover, definitely, for sure. So. Oh, yeah, I know my lawn really greened up here in the last night or so. Yeah. Well, Gary, um, definitely a great friend, great employee, and... Uh, uh, full-time employee at Waddell's Garden Center, Gary Miller, is one of our native specialists that has helped us over the years with uh, creating uh, awareness on native. So, Gary, thank you for joining us. I've, um, I've kind of heard kind of pollination and natives kind of go together, kind of hand in hand, and I didn't know if uh, you could uh, comment or fill us in on that. Sure. The... Uh you know, big big thing we always think about pollinators are those bees, and then we get the butterflies and, and some of the moths. And we always think about them as adults eating nectar, feeding on the nectar and pollen. But we also need to think about what food source those larvae feed on. And that's really the key, because if they don't have the larvae, they can't turn into the adult stage. Mm -hmm. um, so we really need to have uh, you know a good, good cross-section of plants, a nice assortment of uh, trees and shrubs besides perennials that would uh, be a food source for those larvae. Yeah. Yeah. And Larry, Gary, I talked about uh, just by chance, some of those trees and somebody can say, uh, or, or the shrubs, not because I think a lot of people think pollinators are just perennials. Am I correct? So that's kind of uh, 
you know, that's why I talked about the pollinator kings and queens, because a lot of trees and shrubs do uh, a lot, don't they? Yes, they do. And actually, right now, the uh, linden is blooming. Um, you may know you mentioned that. That uh, has a lot of flower on it. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of the, uh, you know, early blooming uh, shrubs, trees. Um, you get fruit trees. But you also get a lot of, like, viburnums, mm-hmm. um, nine bark. Uh, a lot of those those plants, hawthorn, you know, hawthorn's a small tree. Uh, those all do well. Service berry, uh, those all have a lot of flower on them, a lot of early flower for those hungry bees. Yeah. Uh, but also they uh, provide habitat for other wildlife like birds and that. So they're good good uh, cross-section plants, uh, multi-purpose plants to have. Plus for they sure. have a lot of winter interest, uh, a lot of winter interest, uh, year-round interest with the plants, depending on what season it is. They have different uh, characteristics. Yeah. So, Gary, can I go back to a word you just said a few minutes ago, hungry? And I think those bees are coming out of a kind of a long winter's nap, or they've, they've stored a lot of their energy to keep warm in the hive. Am I correct? Is that why it's so important for early spring? Yes. Actually, they uh, you know, feed off the honey in the wintertime. That's why they, they make honey. Uh, but they also, uh, depending on what the year previous was like, um, they get towards the end of winter, and they're running short on food. Mm-hmm. And honey doesn't give them quite the energy that nectar does, so they really need to have those early blooming plants to help feed them, um, get them energy so the hive can start uh, getting larger for the summertime and developing more honey for the next winter. Yeah. I uh, I remember on our Westness store, Gary, we had a clump in our parking lot of Washington hawthorn. And I know some people can say it was so pungent they could hardly get next to it. It's an extremely fragrant plant. But when that was in bloom, Gary, you and it's not wasps. I think some people think they're going to get stung. It's mostly honeybees that are coming in for that. Am I correct? Right. So the uh, honeybees, bumblebees, uh, they're very tame tame insects. And if you don't bother them, they don't bother you. Uh, it's typically the, the wasps and hornets that you have to worry about as far as being aggressive. Yeah. And uh, so bees, uh, honeybees, bumblebees. Um, I've, I've walked in years past. We've had shrubs that are in full bloom and just loaded with bumblebees. Um, in the nursery and had shorts on and just sort of walked through. They had a bumblebee in every flower and just brushed them off. They never never got stung. Yeah. Uh, so very tame. Yeah. Now, can I ask the kind of the next question, kind of leading from that native to kind of there's a new word in the industry, and it's nativars. And I didn't know if you could explain to people kind of the, the, the nativar and how that word has come about. Yeah, nativars have come about... Uh, Primarily started, uh, you know, many many years ago. And uh, people walking out in nature see a native plant and they see a unique characteristic. Maybe in the fall it has brighter red foliage. Uh, maybe in the spring it has a little bigger bloom, longer bloom time. Uh, may have some other neat characteristics that's a little better than what the typical natives are. And so they select those plants and then propagate them. And uh, you know, with those uh, increased, uh, improved characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot more of that in the nursery industry. Um, many more native native R's getting developed, um, may, primarily because natives are much better as far as plants, much hardier, do well in the environment. Yeah, yeah. Now, and I'm going to go to, I'll go back to this plant again. Like service berry, Gary, has come full turn because years ago we just had one variety, service berry. And now, like Autumn Brilliance and Princess Diana, those are great. And Lavius are both great upright varieties. But even like that, Regents. Uh, Regents is a service berry you can put, you know, right up by the house, can't you? 
Right. That's a shrub size. gets about four to six feet. Um, does the berry production just like the trees do and has that, that full loaded bloom, white bloom in the spring. Um, after the petals fall off, it looks like it's snowed under the plants. Uh, so they have a lot of neat interest from that. Um, the fruit ripens in June, very tasty if you can beat the birds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, fall foliage is fantastic. You get a lot of red, some orange and yellow in there. Uh, really fantastic fall foliage. Yeah, nice, nice. Gary, we got to take a quick break, but um, I'm, I'm wondering when we come back, could you maybe pick out one of your favorites and we could talk about that? Sure. Okay. All right. Cool beans. We'll return with Gary Miller and uh, Over the Garden Fence here at 590-1069 FM, WKZO. Need some shade? Weddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center has more than 100 varieties of top-quality trees, and getting the right tree at the right price is easy. Just ask any one of the Weddell's Michigan-certified green industry professionals for their ideas about which shade trees would be best for your outdoor living area. Like the Burgundy Bell Maple that's green in the summer, turns orange in September, then Burgundy in October. Yours this week for only $171. A favorite of bees and other pollinators is the Linden Tree. This week, take home a Green Spire Linden for just $135. Want to grow your own fruit? There are dozens of varieties of fruit trees like Honeycrisp and Jonah Gold available at 10% off this week. As always, the Michigan Certified Nursery Specialist at Woodells are happy to help you pick out the trees that do best in your landscape. They can even set up a convenient time to plant your tree for you. Woodells Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millman 12th Streets. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at Woodells.com. Back to Over the Garden Fence here on 590-1069 FM, WKZO, and our conversation with Gary Miller, who has been posed the question, do you have a favorite pollination-type plant? <laughs> and, Gary, I wasn't putting you on the spot. I just thought that, you know, there's there's a lot of plants to choose from, and I just thought maybe somebody might um, enjoy some of your favorites. Yeah, that uh, that's like asking a parent which child is their favorite. Um, I, I have a lot of favorite plants. Um, what I like for pollinators, though, um, some of my favorites are the hawthorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, plants I'm mentioning I, I like a lot because there's a lot of pluses, for not only for pollinators, but for other wildlife, besides the interest for our lawns. But uh, hawthorn's one of them. Has a, like Washington hawthorn, has a lot of thorns on it. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of nice habitat for birds to nest mm-hmm. in because it protects their nests. Um, but they have a pink bud opens up in the spring with a white flower, real fragrant. Uh, has uh, the thorns for bird habitat in the, in the summertime. In the fall, the leaves turn nice bright red. Yes. And then you have those clusters of red berries that uh, birds and actually have a few deer that come out in and take a few clusters at the lower level. But that's all they take is the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the birds love them. It's neat to see in the wintertime with those clusters of red berries and a cardinal or two in there. Um, so I really like the hawthorn, a uh, nice. native plant. Uh, and one of my other favorites are service berries. I know we talked about service berries, but, again, you get that uh, year-round interest. It is. Um, and with that uh, fall color, you get the white bloom in the spring. Uh, you get the fruit if you can beat the birds to them, really tasty fruit. Yep. Um, some of my favorite shrubs are like viburnums. Good um, choice. I like, especially like the arrowwood or the cranberry viburnum. And again, for multiple reasons. One, they have that early bloom, so the pollinators have a chance to get some nectar early in the spring. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice fragrant flower on the cranberry viburnum. Uh, in the fall, um, they typically get burgundy or red foliage. Um, usually have a fruit on them, so cranberry viburnum is actually an edible fruit. Yes. And, uh, again, red clusters of berries. The leaves get turned nice bright red in the fall. 
Um, I know when I mow my yard in the spring when the cranberry viburnum is blooming, the f- flowers are so fragrant. Yeah. Nice sweet smell. Um, those those berries are edible in the cranberry viburnum in the fall, though most people plant for the birds like I did. And uh, those clusters hang on in the, you know, through partway through winter. The birds gradually eat them. Um, so really showy in the wintertime even. Nice. Well, Gary, thank you. I, um if you guys want to stop into Waddell's 10 to 3 today, Gary will be around, or myself, and a whole other team of Polynesian um, specialists, we'll put it that way, friends and family that would be able to help. And, Gary, thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, you're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Have a good day. All right. You thanks, too. Gary. Yeah, very now. And he likes service berries, so he's in my – I like that. Well, you know what? And he picked viburnum, and really viburnum. There is, from itty-bitty – all the way to full size. Yeah. And there is multiple, probably a three to five week bloom difference, Jim, in bloom time. I'd even say a month and a half of bloom time difference from mm-hmm. early spring till late summer or late spring. And so that gives quite a season um, where viburnum's tough. Which is really cool. And it's a tough plant. It's other than certain amenities, yeah. it, it, <laughs> water or drowning, viburnum can go about anywhere. Wow, that is cool. All right, we're going to take one more quick break before we wrap up uh, this edition of Over the Garden Fence here on 590-1069 FM, WKZO. Celebrate National Pollinator Week today at Weddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, where you can learn from the experts about how to plant to improve your health and numbers like adding a perennial garden. Weddell's carries 40 varieties that are especially attractive to them with some of their favorites on sale. Butterfly bushes come in several colors and heights that are sure to attract butterflies. They're just starting to bloom. Be sure to bring the kids before 3 o'clock. There'll be a free scavenger hunt for them. And for just $4, they can make a butterfly feeder and paint a rock for fluttery friends to land on. The Kalamazoo Bee Club will be at Waddell's with their bee exhibit today, plus an expert to show live butterflies, caterpillars, and chrysalises. The experts at Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center will help you pick out just the right plants and products to attract bees, hummingbirds, butterflies, and more to your yard this summer. Waddell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. Shop anytime at Waddell's.com. And we get ready to wrap up this edition of Over the Garden Fence, a special one. But they're all special. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's we're fun. talking about pollinate the pollination party, and That's right. there are some things that people can do today. Not just attending the party, but to find ways to work in their yard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, pollinators at Waddell's. And we talked about creating habitat, and a lot of it might be the plants. But let's talk about some of the the other things. Like we do have beneficial insect and bee houses mason bee houses we have um that's kind of fun that you guys can uh watch that bee kind of fills the house up um hummingbird feeders i'm getting more and more in tune i've kind of there's a show called bird watch that i watch yeah i've <laughs> heard of too. that i've heard of that but yeah. I, uh, it started when i was up fishing in wawa canada uh-huh. and these hummingbirds there must be a stopping point up there because he didn't have one feeder. He had dozens of feeders and there would be 20 or 30 hummingbirds. Well, now we've got one hanging around our yard too, which is kind of cool. And then we also said you can actually make a flutter by. Um, there's a little bu- butterfly feeder that you can make today, but there's one called the flutter by uh, butterfly feeder that we stock that just might be an item you could take home, get set up and get going to at the same time. Um, in our perennial lineup, they've got some nice crocosmia, dianthus, 
um, that maybe you guys could stop by and take a look at, as well as some of my favorite new butterfly bush. Um, Jim, years ago, butterfly bush, as we wrap it up, used to be a sensitive plant that was massive. Mm -hmm. It was a huge plant. It would be invasive down south. There's something called the Pugster series. We are on year number three next to the curb on 12th Street and Millam. It's hot. It's dry. And let's say it again. It was hot and dry. And usually butterfly bush don't survive the winter. And they come back very nicely. Nice shrub form. Tons of flowers. So that would just be maybe something you could look into today. They're late summer blooms. So they they start uh, later on along with a lot of other early spring things that we got in stock. So all right, kind of a cool way that you could do a little plant, a little tree, and uh Maybe some uh, areas like houses or feeders that uh, would be beneficial. There for we go. Too. All right. So how long is the party today, Andy? It's 10 to 3. We have a party year-round at Waddell's. Yeah, but that's true. Come anytime. But today, um, I think there's butterfly tents that people can come into, and there's butterflies inside. And then chrysalis will hatch, and I think we do a butterfly release sometime next week it will be announced. So kind of a cool, cool week that's coming up. All right. So get out to Waddell's today and... Join the pollination party, and then uh, we'll be back again. Uh, actually, uh, we'll be partially back next week because it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. So we'll have uh, Andy's timely tips, and then we'll be doing a best of show. All right, to celebrate the Independence Day weekend. Yay! Thank you, everybody, for joining right. us. Come on down to the pollination party today. All right, that's going to do it for Over the Garden Fence. Tune in each Saturday after nine a.m. for Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center at the corner of Milliman Twelfth Street, five ninety one zero six nine FM. WKZO, everything Kalamazoo.